0: Funger Rooms on and he live
1: today. Hello boys and girls, and welcome to a somber episode of the Pod Street Bullies. My name is Derek.
0: Yeah, and I'm John. Yeah. Whatever. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> Whatever. That's gonna be the mantra for this episode. It's just been a rough about a week and a half almost now,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, man, I'll tell you what, Whew, it's been. Uh,
0: Dude, yeah. <laughs> I've got I've got like ten year old Islander fans riding their bikes past my house. I got a Flyers flag out, mm-hmm. and they're like, Flyers suck. It's like so does your mom.
1: <laughs> yeah, or they should. Mom should have at least. But, you know, something to help with that, a bunch of sticks. You need a bundle of sticks, every kid that rides his bike by, just right in the spokes.
0: I'm just going to sick the dog on them.
1: That that too, that could work. But that's a lawsuit waiting to happen.
0: Yeah, the sticks probably aren't.
1: Mm, No, definitely not.
0: (laughs) I mean, who cares? Right now they've got every right to freaking taunt me. This is a mess.
1: They do. And I mean, here's the thing: I, I'm actually kind of happy. No, I shouldn't say happy. I'm more reluctant because Islanders fans on Twitter like are non-existent. I haven't heard jack from any of them. Well, they don't know how to work it. They don't, and I think that's just <laughs> us, you know, coming out of a series against Montreal, Montreal, where their fans were like, "You guys suck. You're all dirty." And then at the end, they're like, "Hey, good series, eh?"
0: Right. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, listen, Islander fans really aren't that bad. I just joke with my wife. I'm like, next time they say so, I'm going to go name five players. Mm-hmm. Come on, name five players because they uh, are the kind of like fair weather fans. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, Mike Bossy. <laughs> is that
1: uh, a who, – who's that one guy? Yeah, uh, I, never mind.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, every time my father-in-law wants to talk about it, it's like, Hernan, glory days. Mm -hmm. Glory days. He's got these, like, 1980-whatever to 1980-whatever glasses on. But anyway, we should probably stop talking crap about Islander fans because they have every right to shove things in our face right now. They
1: do. They are holding a 3-1 series lead against the Flyers. And to be honest, man, I am finding it harder and harder to find a reason that the Flyers could even climb back into this series. I mean, it's just been all Islanders. And, you know, the Flyers have their times where they shine, and you look at them and you're like, oh, man, great, they're doing great. You know, that's 10 minutes a game. It's a 60-minute game.
0: (laughs) Right. It's not even a full period.
1: No. And that's the most, I think, embarrassing part about all this is the fact that they're not stringing together a consecutive 60 minutes, consecutive 30 minutes for that matter, where you look at that team and say they can
0: hang with the Isles. They are making the Islanders look like the most dominant team in the NHL right now. No doubt about it. I I mean, there's just... They're so different right now. I mean, the Flyers look like they have no clue what's going on. They look like it's a preseason game. And the Islanders are on top of everything. They are. They uh, pounce. Right. I, you know, I mean, it would probably help if the Flyers would stop with the dumb turnovers. You know, I mean, I, I know we're going to go into different aspects of this series and how the Flyers would play, but maybe this is a good place to start. One thing that I'm really noticing is they have refused to simplify the game to get the puck into the offensive zone and, dis- and establish kind of like a consistent possession. They're... Again, we've talked about it. They're trying these ridiculous passes. Instead of trying to get up the ice zone at a time, it's like they're Hail Marrying it all of the time. And the Islanders are getting them, and guess what they're doing with them? They're scoring goals. They are burying every chance they get, and those chances
1: are coming off of mistakes made by the Flyers. This team, I'm not kidding you, the Islanders have basically cashed in on every mistake the Flyers have made. And the Flyers are not learning along the way. Because no. they're still making all, the same mistakes.
0: All the Islanders have to do is sit back, play their game, wait for the Flyers to implode, and then capitalize on it.
1: And even then, I mean, you look at it, the Islanders are arguably dominating the offensive possession battle. You know, they've right. got the puck in their in the Flyers' zone much more often than the Flyers have it the other way in the Isles' zone. And the flyers just can't do enough to get possession of that puck
0: back or even at the slightest get it out of the zone. Right. Well, and that's the thing though. I feel like every time they're trying to get into the island into the offensive zone, it's through this like fast break mentality. Yeah and it's just not working. I haven't seen any sort of sustained offensive pressure this entire series. I mean, maybe on one power play for half of it, but I, you know, there's just zero. A good offense. I don't know. They're running into each other. Do you see that? I mean, they okay. ran into each other like four times last night.
1: You've mentioned it before. I think in the past two episodes, or even just in conversations that we've had, it's the fact that they keep trying these outlet passes, these flip passes into the neutral zone, meeting the player, this uh, streaking towards the net, at the blue line, whatever it may be. They're trying to almost catch the Islanders off guard, and you're not exactly. going to do that with a team that's so
0: defensively sound like the Islanders. Right. Especially when it's it's essentially turned into your only trick. It's like the only thing they're doing at this point. Yeah, I I mean, I'm not seeing the defense even trying to put to drive the puck into the offensive zone. You know, they're every on their time most of the time. Yeah, and then they just wing it up the ice and it never connects. No, that's no. why there's Twenty million icings a game. Yeah,
1: it was uh, never more evident than that. Myers flip pass that he attempted, it got intercepted and then brought back as a goal for the Islanders. I mean, that was, man, I know that Phil Myers is young and I know that his upside very much outweighs the the bad stuff. But
0: man, that was bad. That was bad. And I said that probably about a month ago, or maybe even before we got into the Montreal series that. That aspect of Phil Myers worries me. You know, he has these moments where it's just like when he messes up, he messes up royally. Yeah, it was. That but was everybody's positive. doing it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not just him. Everybody's doing it. And the reality is, man, when you've got nothing inspiring you to do any better, like it's just bad. There's no fight.
1: Oh, it was they. They attempted. I mean, even with this last game, they brought Lindblom in as a you know pre-game skate for a warm-up, and that was nice. It's a great story, obviously, and you know that right there should have been a catalyst, and that should have you know gotten these guys up and ready to play, and it did for the most part at the beginning of the game. The Flyers were in it, but man, if that's all that's in I, this, might sound bad, but like in your bag of tricks, if you want to call it that. And the Flyers still can't perform, man. It, it's going to be difficult now, especially being down three-one in this
0: series. I just don't get why they seem so tired every night. It's lethargic. Like, like
1: I don't. You're get in it this either.
0: bubble. You're in this bubble, like to only play hockey. Mm-hmm. If you're up till four o'clock in the morning playing Call of Duty on a game night then somebody should go and take your goddamn paycheck away. Because it's just pathetic that they don't seem rested when literally they're in a bubble with the only focus being on playing hockey. And the funny
1: thing is, and maybe not funny, but like the ironic thing is, in playoffs past, the one big question mark was always goaltending. It was Leighton, Mason, Brizgalov. It was uh, Neuvirth, Elliott. Now... We're seeing the exact opposite, where you know yep. that you're getting good performances. Elliot played extremely well, in my opinion, against the Islanders in Game Five, or in Game Four. I'm yeah. sorry. Hart has been phenomenal, but they're getting no help up front in the way of just defense or even scoring. Like they're right. not getting, you know, in baseball you call it run support. You want to call it goal support in hockey, whatever you may have, but. They're not getting it. And it's a shame because they're wasting these solid outings from these guys.
0: And this is a talented team. I mean, there's so much talent in that top six that's just not showing up. I mean, when when your best line is your third line, that's a problem. Huge problem. When your secondary scoring or scoring depth that we were all preaching about earlier on is your primary scoring, (laughs) your only scoring, that's a problem. I couldn't have put it any better myself. (laughs) You know, Tyler Pitlick, it's great when Tyler Pitlick scores a goal, but you know what? Travis Konechny and Claude Giroux need to score a goal that game too to make sure that we have some sort of, you know, chance of winning. Tyler Pitlick can't be your only goal. No, it's bad. I mean,
1: I I don't get it. I I don't understand – and, you know, maybe there's greater forces at play here with what's going on with, you know, everybody missing their kids, whatever it may be. But, Lord, is it frustrating.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the reality is, man, like, I think that that definitely plays a factor. But you can't tell me that players like Claude Giroux aren't going onto the ice wanting to win. Oh. Right? No, there's I, like, no way. You know, I mean, I can't imagine... Anybody in that hockey bubble on any team is going, hey, let's just lose so I can go home and see my family. No, there's no way. So it's baffling to me. And I think the thing that baffles me the most about – I mean, Claude Drew has shown a little bit more these past few games. But I think like him or Konechny, there's times where it's like they must be on another planet. Like, Travis Konechny has decided that all he's going to do this series is run his mouth. Yeah. uh,
1: Good God. And, you know, it was almost encouraging this last game because that's the way he gets going. And, uh, you know, you give it to him. If that's what's going to get him riled up, and he had some good chances. But he took those two penalties. He didn't end up on the score sheet. So, you know, how effective is it when he, you know, goes back to that old bag of tricks and it's not working?
0: Well, I think the Islanders are probably laughing at him. And they, they probably like, run your mouth all you want, dude.
1: You have to be. I mean, what else? What other explanation is there? I'd be laughing too because it's like, okay, man, you gave us your best shot. Still didn't right. work. You know?
0: Yeah. I I don't know, man. There's just – there's something wrong with – I don't know. i it, It just, it doesn't, it's almost like some of these guys, and Travis Konechny's different because Travis Konechny's still pretty young, but you look at like a Claude Giroux or a Sean Couturier, where they've almost been kind of stuck in that mediocrity for so long, Mm -hmm. that it's almost difficult for them to kind of get out of it. Right. I, I mean, I'd like to think that that's not a real thing, but... It's what it looks like right now. It's almost like they don't know how to bring it to that next level. Right. And, I mean,
1: it goes back to it's like we could all sit here and guess about what's happening with these guys, why they're not performing up to par. But the fact remains it's just not happening. And, you know, like we've said before, is it a kid? Is it, you know, your mind is elsewhere. It's not fully invested in hockey right now. But you're in a bubble. You're there to play hockey. You made the conscious decision to leave that family in pursuit of a Stanley Cup. And right now,
0: it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, and what is it today? Did you see Matt Niskanen's comment? It was mm-hmm. something along the lines of, like, we're, we're getting close to turning it around. Like, <sighs> I hate to break it to you, buddy, but uh, you got one more game to turn it around or you're going home. He, yeah. he's another one that sucks mm-hmm. I mean, he keeps turning <laughs> over the puck i'm like what are you doing what happened it's bad i mean
1: and niskanen has been bad and people are calling for his head people are like sit him sit braun sit this guy sit that guy and it's like realistically who mark friedman are you gonna right. put mark friedman in who has no playoff experience for the flyers are you going to put Zamula in, Walensky, like these other right. guys that are have been playing with Lehigh Valley all year? Yeah. Like, what's the plan? You know, right. what's the plan if you're going to sit him?
0: I also, you know, part of me really doesn't like the constant change. You know, it's like, well, we got to change the lines again. Like, this isn't working. Let's change the lines again. Let's change the pairings. Like, at some point, if you keep doing that, it just reeks of desperation, and that doesn't bode well. You know, I think that that's kind of showing your hand that you're concerned that nothing you're doing is going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, so I know you tinker with it every once in a while, it's some little things, but it's like every game, this person's in, this person's out, this person's in, this person's out, this person fl- from the second line to the fourth line. And it's like, I wonder how effective that really is.
1: Yeah, you know, you got to develop some type of chemistry and in order to de- to develop that chemistry... You need some type of continuity, right? So it's frustrating seeing that happen. And I get that you know this was Av's approach at the beginning of the year because he wasn't privy to the style of play that everybody you know was doing. But at the same rate, it's like, dude, you know something has to stick by now. You know, you gotta make it work.
0: I think part of Av's problem is that he's getting a little too high on the um, accountability thing.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, he's like, oh, this player's not performing. We're going to shove him on the fourth line or we're going to put Nate Thompson on four on four because our skilled players aren't, you know, playing the way they should. And to me, like there there's there's no winning in that you still have to put your top players in areas to succeed when your other options don't necessarily measure up to them. And I worry that he's trying to do a little too much of that. If you're not going to play up to your level, I'm going to demote you type deal.
1: Yeah. I mean, prime example is look at Scott Lawton. You know, Scott Lawton was scratched for, I believe it was game three. Because he'd been non-existent in the playoffs up to that point. Right. Um, After having a phenomenal round Robin, he went scoreless against Montreal. Montreal, I keep saying Montreal, like... Hmm. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah. Baby brain, you know. Uh, but yeah. um, no points against the Habs. None against the Islanders up to that point. He benched him one game, brought him back the next, and he actually played pretty well. Right. So encouraging. You know, maybe that was enough to light that proverbial fire. But at the same rate, still no points, to my knowledge, I believe. I don't think he assisted on uh, any of the goals there. But, you know... <sighs> At that point, you ask, like, what is it going to take? Is it right. going to take a big guy like Giroux, Couturier, Hayes? Maybe not Hayes because he actually had a pretty good game. But, like, is that what it's going to take? Either a demotion to one of those big guys or, dare I say, a healthy scratch to one of those guys to really wake them up and say, listen, your spot in the lineup is about as concrete as everybody
0: else's who's been in and out of the lineup. Right. See, part of the thing, at least like my train of thought is if you can't get players like Claude Giroux to step up in these sort of circumstances just automatically, Mm -hmm. I don't think scratching them is going to do anything else because he's supposed to be the leader, the star of the team. He should just come to the ice with no need of a wake up call yeah you're you know right. and I you're absolutely and I, right, and I think in Scott Lawton's case, he's somebody where you don't necessarily need to scratch, like put him on the fourth line. If he's not producing, put him on the fourth line because he can still be an effective player in your lineup. You know, absolutely he can. He's not a big point producer in general. I mean, he's he's shown strides for sure, but it's not like he's at the level of Giroux or anything. You can slide him down the lineup. I think you put Claude Giroux on the fourth line, and it's like, well, what the hell is he even doing out there? Yeah. But could Claude Giroux play center on, like, the third line if he's not working well on the wing? (laughs) He could. Um, It it would move a guy like Grant maybe
1: to the fourth line, and then you have Grant and Thompson on the fourth line. Not ideal, but, you know... uh, Nate Thompson should be the least of people's worries. You know, we hear everybody bitching and moaning about it. But, like, your fourth line— Save that,
0: my friend. Just yeah. save that. You're Nate All right, Thompson I'll save talk.
1: that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll save that then. But anyways, <laughs> uh, like, Grant hasn't been anything spectacular either. Like, his penalty killings, eh. You know, it, it's not bad. But the penalty kill as a whole hasn't been great either. So it's like,
0: what are you supposed to do? Well, these guys weren't brought on this team to rely on them. You know? Yeah. They were supposed to be complementary players, you know, and if you're counting on them to do more than they necessarily are equipped to do, that's not their fault. No, it's not. You know, I mean, it's this team, if it gets eliminated, which I'm I'm pretty darn certain that's going to happen. It is 100 percent on the top six. Uh, yeah, uh,
1: absolutely. No questions about it.
0: You know, and and we'll we'll talk about a lot of this during off-season conversation. But if that's the case, they seriously have to look at this top six and go, okay, what needs to change?
1: The, and the changes are going to be even more difficult because of the flat cap. Right. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I mean, in your opinion. What is it, I mean, aside from the obvious stuff, like, you know, the top six needs to contribute, sure. what's it going to take for this team to pull off the improbable and come back and win this series?
0: Okay, simplifying the game. You know, they need to take each shift a zone at a time. Work you know, work the puck from the defensive zone to neutralize to your offensive zone. Enough of these stretch passes. Enough of these, let's try to catch the guy breaking down the ice. They have to take it a zone at a time and get things clicking simplistically before they go and try to do these what should be once or twice a game type moves. hmm Yeah.
1: No, I I completely agree. It seems like they're trying to be too fancy with the puck. These flip passes and these outlets and trying to spring a breakaway here and there. It's like what needs to happen is offensive possession. They need to possess the puck in the Islanders zone for longer than (laughs) five, ten seconds. You know, if that.
0: Yep. (laughs) You know, and then. At the beginning of the series, I would say they have to score first. They have to score, you know, the first two. That doesn't even matter at this point because it's like we score those goals while we're hot for those five to ten minutes, and then we just allow them back in it.
1: Yeah, and I mean, hell, they showed that even a three-goal lead isn't know. good enough, you know. And this is just God. It had flashbacks back to the Hackstall era, mm-hmm. and. I'm st- I'm not kidding you. I'm standing in front of the TV watching this game as time's winding down. It's still 3-2 Flyers. I'm holding my son and I'm explaining to him what's happening in the game. You know, as if a 6-month-old is going to understand what's happening. But it I'm not kidding you. The I told him that the Islanders are probably going to score because of the fact that they had just continuously put so much pressure in on the Flyers zone. And sure enough, they scored that third goal to tie it up. And I looked at my son, and I'm like, this is how the Flyers are going to lose the game. And I'm glad I was wrong. I'm very glad I was wrong. But that is textbook how you lose a hockey game. Yep. You blow a 3 nothing lead and let that team creep back in and send it to overtime. They got so lucky that they didn't lose that game.
0: You know who I've become to app- – hold on. Let me try that again. You know who I'm starting <laughs> to appreciate – And I wish we had on our team who Anders Lee,
1: man, that guy,
0: he's like, he's like a Mike Richards type. What I would give to have Anders Lee or an Anders Lee type player on our team. I mean, maybe JVR should be that, but holy moly, like he, he fights and dogs it out every shift. He produces God,
1: that'd be nice. Oh yeah, it would. Yes, it would. Oh, boy. But, I mean, I do kind of want to get into the penalty kill as well because we've gone through this entire season with the Flyers being, like, around middle of the road, if Mm -hmm. a little better than middle of the road uh, with the penalty kill. They were 80.8 or 81.8, if I'm not mistaken, percent. And we've seen the penalty kill just completely take a poop. Yep. I mean... And not to mention, if we're just going to keep piling it on, the power play, obviously, has just been, for lack of a better term, the the power play's been shit.
0: Right. No, <laughs> I agree know? with you.
1: Like, we addressed it last week as well, but I'm really beginning to think that we're seeing the same guys, aside from maybe JVR because he was benched and he, he was scratched, I should say, but now he's on it. It still hasn't changed. Like, is that enough of a change to where we're going to say, okay, it's not Tarion's fault, it's the player's? Or is this still, like, in my opinion, I'm blaming Tarion.
0: Yeah. I, You know, there's part of me, though, that, like, whenever we were preaching depth with this team, you know, and like, oh, this team's so deep and, you know, there's so many offensive weapons. I kind of questioned the depth of the bottom six, you know, and whether or not they really could provide options on the power play or things like that. You know, there is quite a dip as far as, like, offensive skill once you get to those bottom six players. So I just yeah. don't know what kind of changes really could be made.
1: I, to tell you the truth, the only thing I might change is putting Albeque Bell on. And again, spoke okay. about it last week. Right. The guy's yep. got the speed. I think he's got the offensive prowess. We saw it in the last game. He was buzzing. I mean, yeah. it was walk down the ice, you know, look, I just, like you said, aside from that, maybe Scott Lawton, you know, but not right now. Right. The way he was playing during the regular season. Sure. You know, I definitely, or the round Robin, the round Robin as well, you know, but then you get into the guys, Derek Grant, you know, yes, he's got, he had some goals this year more than any other year he's ever had. Awesome. Are you going to put a guy like that on the power play? No, he's a PK guy. Right. Then you get to, you know, Raffle, maybe I'd I'd tinker with Raffle on there. Why are we scratching Raffle? Is he? I hurt? think there's an injury.
0: Okay, all right. I
1: think it has I'm to be not the only reason. right?
0: right yes, but it has. It's got to gotta be because he doesn't. He seem like was coming of off of an injury, right? Okay, because it's like he's the wrong person to bench if he's not injured. Yeah, I,
1: I no, absolutely not. If if Raffle is healthy. There's no way he should be a healthy scratch.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, listen, the PK, the power play, five on five, whatever you want to talk about, it's all in the same boat right now. It's just stale baloney. Like, I don't, I don't like any kind of baloney, even fresh baloney. but it's just crap. <laughs> you know, there's nothing about watching them. That's satisfying Mm -hmm. and even last night you know having a two week old and a toddler and getting back into work and the hectic that is teaching right kind of in a crummy mood I had this game on man I didn't make it to the third period I was like the hell with this I I can't be I can't be this pissed off right now oh dude I was livid I, I was so mad when they kept letting those
1: goals up and all of them trickled in all of them yeah. tripled in. I'm like, what in the... Oh. And, you know, and it, it's a backup, goalie. Like, no, I'm sorry, but Elliot is better than that. I know that for a fact. Right. Like, man, that sucked, seeing those types of goals go. And Hart let a couple in a few games back. You know, it, those are backbreakers.
0: So, I mean, and then we can kind of move on, but do you think this series goes past five games?
1: I think it does, just because knowing the flyers, they're gonna find a way to tinker with my heartstrings. Um, you know, I'm just preemptively getting ready for that, as you can hear. But it's not going past six games. It, this is not a seven-game series anymore, no matter who predicted that. No. Um, now I will gladly eat my crow if this oh, goes seven sure. games, <laughs> but I do not see that happening.
0: I mean, unless the Flyers have decided amongst themselves they're going to start doing a seven o'clock, seven p.m. bedtime, making sure they're all nice and rested, and they're only going to watch Islander film, um, I don't even, th- I don't think it's going to go past five. There's nothing that this team has done that shows me that this is going to go another game.
1: No, uh, they've made too many mistakes. Those mistakes have been capitalized on too often. It just doesn't seem feasible to me that this Flyers team has it in them to claw back into this series.
0: Right. And if they're going to lose, do me a favor tomorrow. If they're going to lose tomorrow, just get down for nothing in the first period so I can do something else. Yeah. Like, don't make it competitive and then cough it up at the end of the game. Just just crap the bed right from the get go so we can move on.
1: My wife would thank you immensely because <laughs> I have been completely neglecting her because hockey is back, and I'm sure she won't tell me that because she understands how much this means to me. But once it's over, I'm going to start catching flack. So, you know, if it's going to be over after the first period, let it be
0: known. <laughs> I thought Carrie was going to chuck Laney into the TV. She gets pretty invested in this stuff too. I, feel like God, I the whole- wish Tasha would do that. Yeah, she's all about it. She Not chuck the baby. Her, uh... I don't want her to chuck the baby into the TV, obviously. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's only round two. Save that for the mm-hmm. Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so should we move on? I think we should move on. What would you like to move on to, John? I kind of want to talk about Elaine Vigneault a little bit.
1: I sensed you would want to talk about AV. I know the person you are, and I guarantee I know your thoughts on this, but I'm definitely interested to hear how you're going to tell
0: this. Yeah, I like to muddle in the crap every once in a while, don't I? Crap muddler. John yeah, Go. wait, but first should we tell him about something? We don't want to skip we that, should... do we? No, we don't. We're We're Folks, really good at the whole ad thing.
1: Yeah, you know, we've been flowing along pretty well here. Transitions have been very smooth, except for this one. But one's allowed because, obviously, by the cracking of the beer cans, you guys know we drink, I drink during the podcast because John can't. Um, he's becoming somewhat of a, a weenie. Mm, it's okay. But anyways, what I am drinking is Liquid Hero. Liquid Hero Beer, Liquid Hero Brewing Company. I I am drinking Liquid Hero. Okay. Look right here. But anyways, Liquid Hero Beer has supplied us with some beer to talk, to talk to you about, and it is delicious. We've gone through a couple different beers in the past podcasts where we've talked about, I believe with uh, Hoagie, I talked about their freight House Porter that I actually had at the brew house where they are located on 50 East North Street in York, Pennsylvania. I have talked about their American Hero, which is a red ale, I believe. They're Amber Ale, my apologies. We've had the Locale IPA, the Shrink Ray. We've had the Session with the Cloudification. We've had two of their hard seltzers. I remember calling that last week a hard cider, and I was mistaken. It is not a cider.
0: I know. I didn't <laughs> want to correct you. I was like, yeah, ciders, I don't know. I don't
1: believe they have ciders. There are places around where I live that have ciders. I'm not a big cider guy, so I wasn't a big seltzer guy, though, to be fair, and then I had the Passion Fruit and the Black Cherry Lime from Liquid Hero, and I'm a seltzer guy now. I thought they were delicious. But anyways, folks, if you're in the area, go check it out. It is some of the best beer you will probably ever have. Their IPAs are just amazing. The Irregardless IPA is probably one of my favorite beers to this day. If you don't live around York... You can find them in your local beer distributors, in your bottle shops, as John would you know, like me to say here. And if you can't find it, don't be afraid to go up to the counter and say, listen, get me this Liquid Hero beer. And if they say no, stop going there. It's go not worth else. it. Yep. Exactly. Now, anywhere from Chambersburg to...
0: East of the Susquehanna, I met a girl named Anna. She had hairy legs and liked to cook eggs. East of the Susquehanna. You heard it.
1: (laughs) Chambersburg, the east of the Susquehanna, reaching all the way out to Philly, the city of brotherly love. Ask for it, look for it, you'll find it. If you don't find it, it gives you a reason to come to York. Let me know you're here. Let Pod, let not Pod Street, good God, let Liquid Hero know that Pod Street bullies sent you there to get some of their delicious nectar. Now we now. move on to talking yes. about Elaine Vigneault.
0: Right. So Elaine Vigneault, recently and even before the the Islander series has kind of let us know that he has no problem speaking his mind or kind of stirring the pot a little bit. You know, that series with Montreal, he had no problem calling out coaches, players, but it went to a, and I don't want to say the next level. I want to say a different level in this Islander series. We all know what took place where hockey, basketball, Baseball, to my knowledge, decided to take a break from the sport to focus on bigger life things taking place. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Elaine Vigneault, in his comments when asked about it, pretty much said that he wasn't sure what was going on in the world because all he was focusing focusing on was hockey. Well, everybody... Everybody, every social justice warrior out there, I'm sorry, I'm probably going to get us in trouble, decided that what he said was unacceptable. Um, and you have every right to think it's unacceptable. I per- personally think it was a little okay. But then he comes out with his apology, if you want to call it that. And just kind of shows us the kind of guy he is, where he's really not afraid of what you think of him. You know, he he came out and essentially said, listen, anybody who knows me knows that I care very much about social issues. You know, I'm a good guy. The people that I'm worried about pleasing are my parents, my, you know, all these different people. He's like, but in reality, like this is what I'm focusing on. And I love how he even told the people that um, like disagreed with him to be safe too. Mm -hmm. And we're just we're seeing a a side of Elaine Vigneault that we didn't necessarily see too much of, too much of in the um the regular season. But he's not afraid of anything anybody throws at him. He's an incredibly confident coach, for better or worse. You know, a person for that matter. Right. You know, do I think he could have been a little bit more delicate? Yes. Yes, I do think he could have been a little bit more delicate. But some people just aren't delicate. And I think every once in a while you do need someone to just kind of tell you how it is. Like, not necessarily say the same thing everybody else is saying. Much to that point. And
1: uh, I'll give it back to you here in a second. I become wrapped up in these things because, you know, there's a greater cause that's fighting right now. And, you know, we understand, I, I shouldn't say we understand, we can comprehend what's going on in society right now. And yes, there are social injustices occurring every single day. And, you know... I can speak as a white male. It it hurts to see this type of stuff because we're all people uh, down to the basic root of things. But John here is for me, what he just said, that one person that will shoot it straight to me, you know, the person that I can see the other side, I can see this side, I can see that side. And I'm not necessarily saying, you know, to the extreme, don't get me wrong. I'm not, this is not me saying good or bad, but like there are different sides to things But at the same rate, there's also hockey to be played in the midst of what is going on. And when they're in the bubble, you know, you hate to say it and sound insensitive, but that's what their focus is on. So it's tough to fault Vino in that regard. But at the same rate, also, you know, we know he does care, you know, he this guy's not cold. He's not sitting there saying, I don't give a damn about what's going on. Like that, God forbid, if a coach in any sport ever said something like that, Lord, right. the media uproar would be incredible. But carry
0: on. No, I mean, listen, this was supposed to be a conversation for me and you. It's not just a rant for me, you know, And I, but I think that some people are just foaming at the mouth to make some people what they aren't. And and it's sad You know, we all have other things going on in life. You know, do I care about what's going on in the world? Of course I do. But at the same time, I have responsibilities such as being a father, being a husband, being a teacher that sometimes detract me. I don't know if detract is the right word, but whatever, we're going to go with it. Detract me from what else is going on in the world. It doesn't make me a racist. It doesn't make me prejudiced. It just means that I have other things going on. And I think that in a way, Elaine Vigneault kind of like just reassured all of us, like, that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I think that everybody this, is, no, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: And this is getting very serious compared to a lot of the conversations we have, you know, you, you typically won't get this from us, but at the right. same rate, with what's going on in the world right now it's okay to get a little serious and you know right. face these issues head on and it's some people might view this as the unpopular opinion because you know we're not going to sit here and you know crucify every person who thinks differently than the masses but with what's going on especially with watching the news reading the papers you know the websites the blogs this and that like it's it's a It's a trying time for all of us because of COVID, because of, you know, what's going on with Jacob Blake and the protests and this and that, like, it's very difficult to escape it because it's everywhere. And, you you know, these issues are meant to be tackled head on, but at the same rate, for some people who just want to stick to what they do, coaching, hockey, podcasting, writing articles, this and that, whatever it may be, like. That's okay too. It doesn't mean, again, like you said, it doesn't make anybody a racist. It doesn't make anybody a bad person. It just means that there are other things that you know we focus on because focusing too much on some of this stuff going on,
0: man, it can take a toll on you. Right. You know, and I, I'll say one more thing, and then I think we could just move on to the to the fun kind of wrap up to our show. Um, but yeah. the one other thing is. Everybody is allowed to feel how they want to feel about this. Mm -hmm. Everybody is allowed to have their own opinion. Nobody should feel like they have the right to judge how someone else is approaching this. And I think that's what bothers me the most. Very few of us are experts in this area. And Mm -hmm. every time I see a team make an apology or somebody apologize for their actions or misspeaking and people go, Oh, Nope, that's not enough. Well, who gives you the damn right to do that? Who are you that's decided that wrote the book on how, you know, it's just like, you believe what you want to believe. Let that person feel, believe whatever the way they want to. And if you can't have a constructive conversation or you can't, you know, at least agree to disagree in a, in a calm, kind manner, just shut the hell up. Everybody's a jackal
1: at this point. Right. If you don't see it their way, they need to make sure that you do see it their way. And that's not right. right. Everybody, we're meant to have opposing viewpoints. Right. You know, we're meant to have differing views on what's happening. And, you know, right or wrong, good or bad, whatever it may be, that's how it is. Not. Right if everybody saw it the same way i mean what kind of world is that do you want to live in a world like that
0: no and you know i don't know but i do think i'm sorry to anybody who really didn't want to hear that you know we typically don't get very serious on this show that is probably the only time that we're gonna get that kind of serious i'm sorry if we aggravated anybody if you really want to talk about it you're not happy with what we said Our DMs and such are always open to have an actual conversation with. Um, But shall we move on to our new little game? Yes, I I do want to add one real
1: quick tidbit. And this is just to kind of segue it and make it, you know, put the humor on it like we typically do. Typically, when you're talking to somebody and there's a disagreement, you know, especially of this type, and the person tells you, listen, I'm a good guy. Do you believe him? (laughs) <laughs> and i don't mean that to slander av obviously but like it just sounded funny to me when it first came out like right. i'm a good guy like you don't need to tell us you're a good guy av like we know you're a good guy but you know yeah. you think of how many arguments that you've gotten into with somebody listen I- i'm a good guy like oh, okay pal
0: <laughs> right but i mean of any time right this is the time where you feel like you've got to tell everybody
1: you're right you have to reassure people you know or else you're just going to you know, I, you're just going to get castrated on social media for it.
0: Right. Like people could hate what we said just now. You know what? We're good people. You know, we, we love who we're supposed to love. And, you know, we do our best to go about our day and if people want to paint us in a different light. Then yeah, hell we're good guys. So, pfft. but talk
1: to us, you know, like John said, our DMS are always open. We are always open to good discussion and constructive discussion, right. you know, don't come at us, you know, oh, no, this is why you're wrong. Just let's talk. Let's have a decent conversation about this because our ears are always open. We're ready to hear this type. We're ready to hear these type of responses.
0: Definitely. Okay, shall we play the game?
1: Let's play the game. Let's have some fun.
0: Okay. One of the one of the topics I was going to use for this I might not use unless we, we – because I – I don't know if I want to dip back into this well, but we'll see. Well, here's what we could do
1: because it was kind of serious. We could start with that if you'd like. And I feel like we should probably intro the segment as well.
0: Yeah. Probably a good idea. Huh? <laughs> so, so we're going to we do the pod, street, yeah, the pod street. Yeah. Pod street pop off. It's a little game oh, yeah. that we started. Um, it's essentially word association on steroids. Um, I'm this time going to give Derek either some words or names or phrases, and he's going to get an opportunity to, pop off about them. We're going to change it a little bit. 30 seconds went pretty quick. So Derek has five minutes tops to go through all five of these things. Okay. If he, if he doesn't get through all of them, then we stop. So use your time wisely.
1: Yeah, I feel like I'm on uh, what's that ESPN show with Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon. Pardon the interruption. Pardon the interruption. They've got like a minute and a half to go through the last, like so many categories before the show's over.
0: I'm excited. I'm, I'm like ballparking it. I'm not actually timing it, okay? That's fine. I just ballpark it. When I'm done, I'm done. <laughs> all right. So we'll go with the one. See if you can get a little light with this, but we'll go with okay. the one that I – Sam Carciti. Okay.
1: Am, am I on the clock yet? Should I get clock. an official? Okay, yeah, go for So it. we all know what Sam Carcidi said, the question that he asked. I think that really to get down to it, yes, the tone that he took was a bit insensitive, but people – Give the guy a break. If it weren't for that tone, that is a perfectly acceptable question to ask because you're talking hockey. Right. I don't go to talk to Claude Giroux and ask him about what's going on in the world. I go and ask him about what's going on with the hockey team. Same way I wouldn't go to Donald Trump and say, hey, did you watch the game last night? No, because I care about as much of – about. Trump's take on baseball as I do Giroux's take on social issues. I right. don't care. So flip those. Yes, I care about Giroux's take on hockey. Yes, I care about Trump's take on what's going on in the world. Who are any politician for that matter. But just back off. You know, it, it sucks that he Already had to be crucified passed. like that. Yeah, next one. You got All the gist right. of it. Claude Drew. Claude Giroux needs to step the F up right now. Captains lead by example. And the best example you could put out there is to put some pucks in the back of the net. Right. Next question. Nate Thompson. Get off the dude's back. Good God. If the fourth line center is the biggest worry that you have, you got problems, pal. Seriously. Leave the guy alone for Christ's sake. Next one.
0: $5 foot long.
1: Get that Charlie Puth D-bag off my TV. Seriously. Like, come on, dude. How many times <laughs> do I have to watch this dude sing the same effing jingle? Awful.
0: It Reagan is. is singing it, too, and it's driving me crazy. Oh, God. Anyway, last one. And you last got three one. minutes to play Ooh. with. Yeah, you're <laughs> starting to fly.
1: Mark andre Fleury. Mark andre Fleury. Ooh, this is a good one to end on. Now, I don't know the context uh, to an extent. I understand that Leonard has been playing better. Um, whether it was Flurry's okay for his agent to send that photo out or not, the agent should have just stopped right then and there. He shouldn't have even contemplated that tweet. He shouldn't have even gotten that idea in his head. That was dumb. And now not only is he hurting himself, the agent, he's hurting his client. Mark Andre Fleury now is attached to that agent, whether he likes it or not, unless he fires him. But if he doesn't, any team out there looking for a goalie and once Andre Fleury is now saying, Hmm, huh, do we want Fleury and his agent? It's not Fleury, it's Fleury and his agent now. Because the agent has proven that he's going to be a problem. It's unfortunate. But the fact remains, Vegas has two very good goalies. They're rolling right now. If anything, the agent should have just shut the hell up and let the two guys battle it out. Flurry's gonna get another game eventually, I'm sure. You know, these back to backs for God knows why why these teams are playing back to backs. I think that's a stupid idea all in itself. But uh, that whole situation sucks. And then Flurry mm-hmm. didn't want to comment on it. That made the waters even muddier.
0: But well, he's like the nicest guy in hockey too. Like nobody has a bad yeah. thing to say about Marc Andre Fleury. It just didn't right. It didn't ma- match really. No, nothing adds up in that story. <laughs> I just don't get it. Yeah. Oh, but, but did that,
1: I come in under five minutes?
0: You did. Yeah. About oh. three and some change.
1: All right. Good stuff. Do you have another random one you want to throw out there? I'll go for it. I'm feeling fired up. The Dallas Stars. Good God. Where I, I don't want to say where did they come from. Obviously, they've been good all year, but damn, I'm Colorado was my pick to make it to the cup finals. And they're yeah. just – they're out saying, hey, Derek,
0: way to go, dumbass, you know. <laughs> so, hey, good for them. Yeah, I mean a team that's been defensive the whole year, I mean defensively strong, is now putting up so many goals. It's pretty impressive. Anyway, Who that's all I GM? got. Who was the GM that called
1: Sagan and Ben uh, – what was it? Shitheads? Oh, is that a year or two ago? Yeah. Yeah, who's laughing now? Shit <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. That was good. I, I feel better. I feel much better right? now.
0: It, it's nice.
1: It is. Uh, you know, that pop-off segment, I feel like, really did it for me. I feel much better.
0: Right. No, that was good. <laughs> That's fun. All right. It is. So, I mean, bow on it. The next time we talk, we'll probably be talking about changes that this team needs to make going forward
1: into the eastern conference finals right yeah sure (laughs) yeah let's stay optimistic
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) let's not
1: let's Let's be realists
0: yeah at 9 30 i'm gonna go outside and take my flag off the house
1: you should just burn your neighbor's house
0: down you're like this is payback oh man (laughs) tell them where they can find us Well, you can find our lovely podcast on all of your various um, podcast listening receptacles, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, um, Anchor. What is that? What were you doing with that?
1: I was about to drop it like an
0: anchor. Oh, I was like, I don't know one called what. It looks like you're doing. (laughs) Yeah, well, I can get a little suggestion. My favorite. Um, my favorite podcast receptacle, Pod Muncher, your unedited, extra saucy version of the show. You have to make sure you show ID. I'm sorry, Hoagie, but and I don't have any fancy promo, I'm a little tired. So, I love that you
1: call them receptacles.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I know it doesn't really make sense, does it?
1: It doesn't, but you've done it for so long that it does.
0: it's (laughs) It's fun.
1: It is. Well, I hope you guys had fun listening. Uh, this is Derek. You can find me on Twitter at PodstreetBob. You can find John on Twitter. John P. Gove. You can find the Bullies on Twitter at Bullies, And you can find us on another episode next week. Until then, I'll leave you, as I've always left you, with a let's go Flyers. Bye now.